Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls and one goth. And today is a very spooky episode <laughs> of Killing Time because it's Halloween week. It oh my is. God, someone give this woman an Oscar. <laughs> so spooky. That was very spooky. spooky. Oh my God. That was hair raising. <laughs> if you could only see like what I would, I'm making doing with salad my fingers. She's doing like salad finger <laughs> claws. Spooky episode. I mean, we love Halloween. Over in First Degree Camp. We love Halloween. Love we're, Halloween. We're drinking out of our Halloween glasses. Well, Billy and Alexis are drinking out of their Halloween glasses, and Billy gave me a non-Halloween. A Return of the Jedi glass that has brown and uh, and orange themes. So Yes. So thank you for that. And the Sarlacc is very... Snorlax? Is very the Sarlacc pit. That's where... They're going to jump. Oh, forget it. It's okay. <laughs> but we're also in my dining room, which has right behind you. Look who's there. Ah, Frankenstein. Yes. It's Herman Munster. Or Boris Karloff, but okay. Or whatever. Okay. We are very, I mean, Billy lives in a spooky house. Billy so is a spooky man. He's a spooky guy. So Halloween just feels, it feels nice and natural for you, right? It does, yes. Yeah, I love it. Do Me we have too. any house cle- housekeeping before we jump right in? Huh, no, send us your stories, call in, and give us your worsty stories and all that shit. Oh, yeah, call in. Well, we have so many worsty stories. Honestly, we but, really do, but keep them coming. But keep you know what? Coming. I have seen on Facebook, there has been a few people. There's one of our firsties in our Facebook group. She posted her her notepad on her phone of a list of like ten different stories <laughs> that all have like weird titles to them, and she's like, "I don't know if I should call in. Should I call in?" I'm like, "Yes, call in ten times. Yes, with all your different with stories, all of your stories. We'll sift through them. Mm-hmm. There's always more to be had. Because, and here's a reminder to everybody to the phone number three two three five three nine three five one six. It's gonna cut off at around two minutes thirty five thirty six seconds, maybe a little longer." Call back, finish your story. Don't just give up. And also, it's going to ask for your name. You don't have to. It's not like demanding your name. It no. asks for We don't your, need to identify And you. also, we, if you say it by accident one day, we don't ever hear that. I don't even know why they ask. Okay. So your identity is safe, and you don't have to give your name. You don't have to listen to a robot um, if you don't want to. So that's it. Give us your stories. We're going to keep them coming. Yeah, we're so excited for some worsty stories. All right, well, I think we'll just jump right into the dark day, right, Billy? Yes. Now, today is October 28th, and in 1904, the St. Louis Police Department actually became the first department in the nation to set up a fingerprint bureau. Mm, now, do you wow. know what was used before fingerprints? I have no idea. Now, here, here's the thing. Before fingerprints, oh, wait. we didn't really, nobody teeth? really had IDs or teeth? anything. I mean, nobody, like for living people, you didn't go, let me see your teeth. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me so, pull your teeth out. Let me pull your teeth out. Oh, uh, uh, height? But, cl- kind of. <laughs> wait, yeah. no, I know, I actually do know this, but it's, I'm so foggy. Uh, I was at a commission all week. Your height, your nose. It's, it was, there was a nose <laughs> wait, thing. No, it should have been. I know, I know what it is because I did the research for this episode, but. It should be ears, because isn't everybody's ear more mm-hmm. unique than even their fingerprints? Because isn't that how everybody oh, knew that Jeffrey, Eps- De- Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself? Because they took a picture when they had the guy rolling out mm. of the jail, and they compared it to Jeffrey Epstein's ear. It was completely different. Mm. Ears mm. Ear- ears can be it, but there was something called the Bertillon system. Okay. Uh, or Bertillon system. And now it was making measurements of bones. Ah. So you are sort of right. Yes. Mm, I knew it was some proportionate thing. Now, unfortunately, what happened was there was a guy named William West, and he went to Leavenworth. But meanwhile, there was a guy named William West who looked just like him that was already serving time for murder. So they were just like two guys, uh, and 
So they had, guy, both had the same measurements, and they were just like, no, you're not doing this. Let's do the fingerprint thing. The fingerprint thing has turned out to be, you know, probably the most significant thing that happened in uh, crime solving until DNA, I would Although, say. I mean, fingerprinting... Part, part. We know Alexis's thoughts, but give them again. It's just not... It's not tested. You know, this idea, this this idea that's perpetuated that everyone's fingerprint is unique says fucking who. No there's no database with everyone's fingerprint to mm-hmm. confirm this. Mm-hmm. That's not tested. We don't know that. That's literally just made up. Here here <laughs> here here's the thing is that and I know because by the way, listen to Unraveled, you'll you'll hear a little bit about this. But um yes, with partial prints you can get the wrong people. Finger, with full prints, fi- finger, with full prints, finger, too. fingerprints like anything. It's just like listen. If you have a needle in the haystack and you get a fingerprint, you get a match. Yeah, then go build a case against that guy. Yeah. You know? Well, you have to have and like some kind of other evidence to tie it together. Yes. What was the what was the example that you were saying? Like some kind of guy in Spain got accused of some so crime. So there yeah. was a bombing in Spain. The Madrid like bombing. A, yeah. The Madrid bombing where a train was bombed and many people died, and uh, the Madrid authorities. We're speaking with the FBI. The FBI, the FBI got the fingerprint. They ran it through a database. They found a guy. Was it Washington or Oregon, Billy? It, it was in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah, in the Pacific Northwest, who who happened to be Muslim, um, whose fingerprint matched that of the bomber. Yeah. While there was no evidence that he had left the country, that he had any reason to be there, they had arrested him, and he was detained, and the FBI was like, we are going to prosecute him like this guy. Like thinking like he might have built the bomb. And then oh, no, yeah. he's yeah. it. Like they were throwing the book at him. And eventually the Madrid authorities were like, actually, we have the real people. We found them. Yeah. That's not it. And they're like, N- they wouldn't take no for an answer. That's insane. And uh, ultimately the guy was cleared. But after like his, his life was fucked up for like a few years over this because mm-hmm. his print matched. Yeah. And that is proof that it's like, stop perpetuating this nonsense that everyone's fingerprint is unique. It's not true. That, that was a partial, though. That, no, that, it was, that, no, it was no, a that, full one. And literally, the best people in the country, in the United States, looked at this print and all agreed it was this guy. The best people in our country were wrong, mm-hmm. yeah. which, which should tell us a lot. And it's well, like you have to you, be skeptical of evidence. Is it that they were wrong or that it did match the partial print? And the problem lies in the fact that not every fingerprint is unique. Both. You know, yeah. like... Both, um, they were wrong, and maybe, maybe they were, maybe it did match. But it's also all of this. Another thing, all of it's subjective. Yeah, you know, like maybe there's some, there's some um, program that could like, you could throw two things in to see if it's an identical match. But then again, like collecting a print, the way you leave a print, it's a 3D. You know, your thumb is 3D, your fingers are 3D. They're never going to be like leave the same print once or twice due right. to like the pressure you're putting and all that stuff. So it's too subjective to say for sure. Mm-hmm. Whether it's identical or not, but yeah, interesting shit. Very interesting. Well, it's a very, very interesting day, but I think now we have got some bitching to do. Sure do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Welcome to On The Stand. This part of our podcast is where we bring a person, place, thing, or idea, or whatever to the stand and we're either prosecuting it or defending it and then at the end we all vote if it's guilty or not guilty we bring it to Instagram see how all of our firsties feel Mm. and see if our minds are just like so far away from the public's opinion of things or if we're like right on track sometimes it can go either way we've been really right and really wrong I think that I was exactly right on what the public's opinion of pumpkin spice was 
Yeah. I think I said 60 to 65% approval rate, and we were right around there on Instagram. Yeah. And by the way, we are recording mm. this right now with a pumpkin spice candle that I just bought. It is delicious, Billy. Great at, purchase. At Halloween Town. And he wasn't even allowed to smell the candles because no, they wouldn't allow him to take his mask off. They said, off. don't, ta- at Halloween Town <laughs> in Burbank, they said, don't take your mask off to smell the candle. It's probably a super high quality candle if you got it from Halloween Town. <laughs> Listen, it Halloween actually Town, smells pretty good. I, I was pretty impressed. I'm very happy that we live in a place that has a place called Halloween Town that's open twenty four. This open all year round, oh, yeah. which is amazing. And really? Yes. It has an armed guard. Yes. What? Halloween yes. Town on Magnolia and Burbank. It's great. Yeah. Okay. They have great, great stuff. It's yes. crazy. Yes. Um, okay. So this is going to be a Halloween themed episode of First Degree mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever this is. Killing Time. Mm-hmm. Killing Time. So on the stand will be Halloween themed as well. And I'm going to let Alexis mm. start off. Okay, so what I'm prosecuting today is this idea that when a kid, they go up, they're trick-or-treating, they're in costume, this is the best night of their lives. Like, literally, literally, Mm -hmm. they're not allowed to eat, they have parents who feed them organic, they have parents who make them wear all these clean clothes that are all pressed and perfect, they're dressed up as a fucking nasty ghost, they're eating Reese's as they're walking between, between houses, and they approach the front door of a home, and they're given, like... A bag of sliced apples Ugh. or like a toothbrush. Like healthy options for trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. Healthy Halloween treats. That is not a Halloween treat at all, my friend. Mm-hmm. That is, I am prosecuting this because Halloween is hedonism. Halloween is debauchery. Halloween's all the things you're not allowed to do. Halloween's pushing the limits, going, you know what I mean? Like it's where, it's why women dress in like the sexy costumes. Like the things... We're not supposed to do every day. Yeah, leave your inhibitions at the door and just like be the weirdest version of yourself. And like that's what Halloween's for. And that includes gorging on a pillowcase full of Halloween treats. You should be engorged with candy by the end of the night. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Wow. I yes. don't, this might be my first a pause for una- that. <laughs> unanimous verdict. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah, it, it's not the time. I know you're trying to make a statement. I know you're the dentist in the neighborhood, and it Ugh. seems weird. Listen, when I first got a house, I was like, I'm going to be the house that gives out full-size candy bars. Did you? I, I, yes. I wanted to make a statement. I remember- How I, many did you need? Um, Probably like 50. That's it? You yeah. only got 50 trick-or-treaters? Yeah. That's a lot. In Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't think anybody's coming up here, but yeah. And um, it was, I let, now I do remember non candy stuff, people that gave out pennies. No. Pennies? Pennies. People once gave out. Take your pennies back. You literally can't buy anything for a penny. (laughs) I thought pennies are obsolete. But remember, guys, guys, this is 1930 when I was a kid. Uh, That's true. So, um, and. (laughs) See, guys, he makes fun of himself. You don't have to defend him. (laughs) And, but I remember somebody gave away uh, like baseball card packs. And I thought thought you were going to say baked beans. That was really cool. And then baked beans. I thought you were going to say beanie babies. I'm like, I wish I'd gone to that house. (laughs) Baked beans, not even in a, not even in a cup or anything. They just just lay ladled. And you had to to eat it. And you're like, may I have? Some old stuff. <laughs> yeah, they like they start sifting hands. through your fingers yes. like little beans. Yes, Ew. exactly. Oh, Sick. delicious. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> the new tradition of baked beans for Halloween is going to come as this podcast gets more. more if it was little mini yeah. cans of Bush, I'm not mad at that. Because, I know. You know, there was like this frantic buy for canned goods during the beginning of the pandemic. That's what I'm saying. You couldn't get a can of Bushes for That's to true. save your life. No. So honestly, like throw them down the bunker, that's, save them for later. That's Give right. me a can of baked beans. You save them for the next pandemic that's on its way in. <laughs> exactly. So. Surely that won't be the last. So 
Count your beans while you can, my friend. <laughs> yes. Count your beans. No, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> these people trying to make a fucking statement are probably the same people in elementary school that raised their hand because the teacher forgot to give them homework. It's like we don't need yeah. your like shitty against the grain healthy vibes. Save yes. it for the other 364 days of the year. No, not, literally, if you're going to do that, you shut off your fucking lights, you don't decorate, and you mm-hmm. pretend you're not home. That's your duty. Yeah. If you want to be that person, look in the mirror and mm. hype yourself up some other way. Because this <laughs> yes. isn't for you. Not, this holiday's not for you. Not today, Satan. Guilty. Not today, Satan. Guilty. Guilty. Wow, right. that was a good one. Mm. Uh, Billy, you go ahead. All right. So another thing that relates to trick-or-treating is the idea of teenagers coming to your door and trick-or-treating. Now, I want to put that on the stand. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, even if somebody that's 16 or 17 years old, but they have to make an effort. Ooh, okay. So it's the teenager that just shows up with a bag and no costume? Yeah. No. Okay. Mm. I'm still going to give them candy because I'm not going to like create this, this scene, <laughs> especially when the person literally knows where I live. Yeah. Uh, and But I... I, I think you should at least make some type of an effort. And there are kids that will just dress up. And I know that, like, I, you know, I don't want people to say, like, oh, you can't afford a costume or something like that. It's just like you can always cobble something together. Oh, absolutely. I think that, yeah, where is the age cutoff? You know, I think if, you, if a teen shows up without a costume, they're up to something. Mm-hmm. They're they're casing they're, they're casing the, the neighborhood. Yeah. They're casing the neighborhood. They're like, am I gonna egg this house later? Am I gonna silly string this house? How good is this chocolate bar gonna be? Yeah. Am I gonna is he gonna have retribution? Like I'd feel too on edge. Well, that's what I really like. I like your point. If if you're putting the effort in and mm-hmm. you're a little bit older, then I mean you Nothing deserve the it. candy because Halloween is all about celebrating the absurd yes. and dressing up. And so if you're doing that, I mean, I guess if there's a forty year old coming, let's call. Out there, let's call it adults. Listen, if you're going to go for the candy, that's great. Honestly, candy is not free. It doesn't fucking grow on trees. Hand it over. I was at CBS. If I'm going to spend, listen, women usually. I'm not saying women. I'm saying me mm-hmm. every year. I probably spend, I'm not going to give a number because who fucking knows. I spend a decent amount of money on this costume. I always buy a wig. Yeah. I always buy a corset. Oh, I always spend too much money on a Halloween costume. At least $200. Yeah. At least. So I'm like, give me a fucking Snickers. 100 grand bar. Oh my God, 100 grand. Uh, You know, Uh, which are hard to find. I should put 100 grand on the stand because I think that 100 grands are the most underrated candy. You know, it's not too late. You haven't gone yet. Okay, Billy, we're going to vote on yours because I'm ready to put 100 grand on the stand. All right. So te- teenagers with costumes, not guilty. Teen- teenagers without costumes. Are you prosecuting or defending? Guilty. What are you doing? Are you prosecuting I'm or defending? I'm saying that, that teenagers without costumes, they're guilty. They should not be. <laughs> this will be really easy to translate for Instagram. Yeah. yeah can you? Okay. I'm going to say guilty. Yeah, there you go. Because I don't want to confuse anyone else. No, they're fine. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Teenagers in regular clothes trick or treating. <laughs> That'll yeah, fit that's on guilty. 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 Okay, on to hundred grand. What are we yes. gonna use as that image? Just like some dude be like, "Yo." No, we're gonna use the guys from Hocus Pocus who uh, steal the kids' sneakers. Mm-hmm. There that, you go. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then they're in the cage later with their regular clothes. Yeah. And he takes the shoes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There you go. God. People. Way, people way, will understand the complicated. Alexis and Jack were Hocus Pocus. We were two years ago, a couple ago. years ago, or it was four years costume. ago, whenever that was. One two. of my faves before the pinup, before panini. The pin-up. Okay, hundred grand. Oh, oh. You know, I, well, I'm putting hundred grand on the stand, and I am defending it till the day that Ooh. I die. 
I had my first hundred grand maybe two years ago. What? <gasps> yep. That was my favorite chocolate bar my entire life. I've never had one before. They're not around. They're not around. I don't understand why. They must be owned by the same God, company are, that owns everything we are else. souls because that is my favorite. I don't really like candy. That is my favorite candy bar. I truly think, actually, you know what? I had hundred grand on my on the stand list from the beginning of when we started this podcast. No way. Because I was eating it a few months ago and I was like, I don't understand why 100 grands aren't up there with like a Snickers and a Twix as mm -hmm. just a known name. Now, let's break down the 100 grand bar. Now, you've got okay. chocolate. You've got crispy rice. Ooh, the crispy rice. Crispy rice. I love I love a crispy, crispy mm -hmm. bite. Dude, yes. Even, even you know, those mixed bags. It was like, it's like a Mr. Good bar and yeah. a Hershey's. And there's like a crunch, a crisp, a crispy. A crispy. Yep. crispy. The, yep. the crisp. Mm -hmm. I would go through and take all the crispies. A crispy mm -hmm. rice bar is always the best. Oh, it's the best. And then I believe you have car caramel, caramel in the middle. And mm -hmm. then... Nougat. And then nougat. Yeah, and then nougat. <laughs> it's truly, it's tr There's I'm getting better. thinking about it. There's mm -hmm. nothing better. However, somebody did, I posted it on Instagram recently, a mm -hmm. couple months ago maybe, and somebody was like, you have to put it in the freezer <gasps> to enjoy. Mm. And I usually do like chocolate in the freezer, but a word to the wise, the caramel freezes completely. Solid. And you can break a tooth. <gasps> and I almost did. Oh no! So maybe a refrigerator would be nice for because I do like a like a cold chocolate snack. Twix is the next best. Twix is you know what I used to do with Twix? You bite the caramel and eat the cookie last. No, I used to put uh, pretzels into my Twix Holy during shit. calculus class in high school. I, I remember know, that's like one of my fondest fondest memories is just putting the little the the little pretzel the sticks thing, thing right pretzels, in. Yeah. Uh -huh. Not and the then, education. What? Not the education you received. No, That's I don't remember <laughs> any. I mean, definitely not calculus. But that was a delicious snack. But hundred grand, best candy bar in the history of candy bars. All right, there is nothing better. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to go there, but I will still say not guilty we, because yeah. Is it guilty of being the best or not guilty? Hundred grand, not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. And I mean, if you haven't had one, like I hadn't, honestly, please. maybe I'll. Is it too late to make a hundred grand costume? <laughs> Not if you try hard enough. Honestly, I bet if I ordered a bunch and hot glue gun gunned them onto something. There you go. Holy shit. I mean, good luck finding them. Scarce. I bet you I can get them on Amazon Prime. Maybe. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, when we come back, it is time for some Halloween spooky thing. <laughs> True crime rewind. Jack, I'm so scared. <laughs> Jack's creep creeping. True crime. Yeah. It's rewind time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to True Crime Rewind. This is the Halloween edition. Spooky Halloween. <laughs> All right, Jack. Truly believable, Jack. She's really <laughs> creeping me out, guys. Wait, sorry, Billy. Before you go, I just have to let everybody know I did look up 100 grand on Amazon. Alexis, unfortunately, you won't get them until two weeks after Halloween. Fuck. If you order now. Wow. So go search your stores. All right. So I want to start with. You know, people always ask me who like the the person that you hate the most in true crime. This guy is right up there. No, wait, oh, Billy, wait, we have to ex explain to our listeners that we're going to tell them about Halloween murders. I just said that. I said oh, the Halloween did? edition. Yeah. Oh, I was too excited about too, the hundred yeah. grand. We hate people you hate in true crime that you know personally, or no, that would be other people. No, <laughs> I, no, people I hate in true like like the worst villains, the worst people that like how Lori Vallow. Oh, this this. <laughs> This mother effer 
I think about all the time, especially around this time of year, guy's name is Ronald O'Brien. Okay. And he has gotten the moniker, the man who killed Halloween, but we all know that nobody can kill Halloween, but this guy came close because it came down to the whole idea, and this actually had to happen. When I would get my Halloween candy, you know, having grown up in the late 70s, you know, this is when I was really, really doing my trick-or-treating, I couldn't eat anything on the way. I actually had to bring it all home, and then my parents would inspect the candy. For razor blades? Uh. For razor blades, et cetera, and then I was able to eat it. Why? Because of this schmuck. So, Halloween 1974. Now, there's a guy, a little boy named Timothy O'Brien, who's eight years old. He comes back to his Houston house after trick-or-treating. He's got a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And his dad, Ronald, gives him one last piece of candy, a pixie stick. Ooh. Now... Timothy's like, eats it instantly, and immediately he begins vomiting. Oh, no. On the way to the hospital, he dies. Oh, no. Now, they're trying to figure out what happened. Was this a, was this a candy? You know, that was the whole idea. Was this a candy that he had gotten along the way? Well, and his dad inspected all of his candies. Yes. I mean, he died? Yes. A child? Yes. That is so sad. Eight years old. And here's what happened is Dude, that I the police learned that Ronald was the one that actually poisoned the candy with yeah, cyanide. dad poisoned his candy. Because he had taken out insurance policy on his children. What a fucking sick, twisted bastard. Exactly. I actually don't think that there's anything worse than that. No. I, that that's you why I think, yeah. Because he had a life insurance policy. The kid's so, he literally so killed excited. His kid. He's so excited after a night of trick-or-treat. You know what that feeling like, is like. I'm already like. sad enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's honestly so sad. But... Yeah, so screw you, Ronald O'Brien. Yeah, fuck you. Yes. What's the next? There's a lot of of really dark ones. We're going to go back to Halloween in 1957. Who? Los Angeles. Now, Betty and Peter Fabiano's house. Peter uh, gets out of bed. The the doorbell rings in the middle of the night, and he's thinking, oh, this must be an old trick-or-treater, because that often happens. Because what you do when you have a house is that you turn off your light at a certain point. It's yeah, like, you're we're like, going we're to done. bed, 9.30, 10 o'clock, or whatever. Somebody calls in the middle of the night, but he's like, okay. You probably think it's one of those hooligans. One in of their... those hooligans with their non-costumes. Yeah. On the doorstep, he, so Peter gets up. On the doorstep, there's a woman wearing a mask, and she raises her hand in a paper bag. But inside the paper bag, apparently, was a gun because she shoots it, boom, hits him in the chest, dies instantly. Oof. Now, a woman named Joan Rebel was arrested, and she was reportedly having a sexual relationship with Peter's wife, Betty. And it's believed that Rebel had actually talked Golden Pazer into, go, yeah, into murdering um, this sort of spurned. Uh, 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 I, I guess he, what was he trying to do then? He was she was trying to, to, you know, eliminate a rival so he could she could be with him. Yeah, be but, with her. Sorry. So it was this married couple? The woman was having an affair with another woman. Mm-hmm. The other woman talked another woman into shooting her. What a tangled web! A tangled web! Yes. My God! Up in like the Los Angeles hills somewhere. A 1950s sort of lesbian yeah. love triangle is unheard of. I know, but I'm here for it. I because, know. You know what? They've existed because gay people have always existed. <laughs> <laughs> so I like hearing these stories because it validates that. I mean, it's always it's always been there. Friends. I know. Now both Rebel and Pizer were convicted, but they were later released. But Betty was never tried. Oh. Yes. So Betty said, I had nothing to do with it. 
you know, and mm. she very well might, might not have been, you know. Mm, probably she had something. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, anything's possible, but mm, likely, who knows. What else do we have? Well, we have a episode that we had actually done on the first degree about the smiley face killer. You remember that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, for, how could I forget? I think we did a multi-parter. It was mm-hmm. a multi-parter. Um, that was back in the day. Yeah, it was early episode. Apologies, friends. Mm-hmm. If, if Was Jared already with us then? I don't know. I don't know either. You know, it was a distant memory. We've had 165 of our regular episodes. We've recorded at multiple locations. Multiple locations. But yeah. The Smiley Face Killer was, I think, I remember it being a fantastic little series that we did in such a People fascinating case. Now, now, remember, you, you know, so the idea is that there is approximately... 40 males that have been found in water. Yeah. Um, and they're usually college students in the United States. They've all drowned. And in a lot of the cases, there's been this smiley face graffiti near the body of water. Right. Now, you can find a smiley face graffiti in a lot of places. It's and a one lot of, of times, in a lot of, it's not the same smiley face. And sometimes it's not right next to the body. No. So it's it was definitely, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely a theory. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. interesting. It's, so, it's, in, in some cases, it's a reach. In some, it's more overt. You know, and mm-hmm. again, when you have 40 deaths, some look more connected than others. It's, it's very like, a, it's very difficult to determine. Yeah. In, the, in these cases, especially spanning states, yeah, what this could mean. So Chris Jenkins, he was 21 years old. He was a student at the University of Minnesota, Go Gophers. And <laughs> oh they, my God. Uh, he was at this downtown bar in Minneapolis on Halloween in 2002, and then he disappeared. And his body was found in the Mississippi River four months later. He was still actually wearing his costume. <sighs> he was intoxicated that night. They thought he drowned, but they've actually reclassified it. Four years later, as a homicide, they still don't know what happened, though. Right. So listen to our episode or episodes about the smiley face killer. And forgive us if if we're like, who knows what we're doing back then? Honestly, it's old school for us. Uh, we had a f- few transformations <laughs> since we started this podcast. Um, it started as a very grassroots uh, sort of <laughs> mission, and it's now a lot more... Streamlined. I think so. Yeah. But you know what? People loved it. So whatever. Yeah. Fuck it. And a lot of people have told me they started from the beginning and they have no complaints about anything. That's right. So I'm like, whatevs. We're doing it. That is our truth. That is our truth. Billy, are there any other uh, stories you want to? I mean, we can go on because there's a lot of things that go on on Halloween. You know, I will say that, I mean, in terms of my father never let me go out past eight o'clock on Halloween because he knew as a kid that was a kid that got into trouble a lot, like he did, he's like, there's nothing good that's going to happen. Yeah. It's only going to be bad. So you're not staying, you're not going to be one of those kids that's going to be egging places and things like that. You're staying home. And it used to, it, I, I, I did not like him for that. But when I look back, I understand because it's all just a whole lot of mayhem. Did you do that with your kids then? Um. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad though. I'm talking, you know, it's like... I don't know. 1980s New York was a little different than, yeah. you know, like 2000s Phoenix. 15 Phoenix. You do know? people, I, I wonder, uh, the adults that are fans of our podcast, do, do you go trick-or-treating with your kids? Like when they're a trick-or-treating age? I think days? they do. Because back in the day, like when my parents went trick-or-treating, they were just like, you're two years old, go and explore the world <laughs> no, and come I, back later. <laughs> I, went, I went with my kids up until a certain point and then they were just like, dad, we want to go with our friends. You know, so. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on on Halloween and night. And then often too, like the parents will be you go to a parent's house in some neighborhood and they'll have a beer for you or something, which is kind of fun too if you're, yeah. if you're there as a. It's basically so like a bar crawl. Yeah, 
Ooh. Doesn't that sound nice? Mm-hmm. Honestly. You know what? Parent. Let's make parent, that a parent, thing. Parenthood can be fun. If you're like, yeah, mm. in a neighborhood with, yes, if you've had your life established and you're ready for parenthood, <laughs> not at a young age, like a weird advice you've given a long like, time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And everybody's going to do their own thing. That's, That's right. right. Everyone's to each their own. Yeah. Um, yes. But anyways, there is a story, Carl Jackson that mm-hmm. I had thrown in here okay. about a man that he was driving his girlfriend's son through South Bronx on Halloween and he got his car egged. And when he stepped out of the car, the kids that were egging him just shot him. So shit can always yeah. go on. Yeah. Like you just like never know. That's terrible. No. no. Yeah. No, there's <sighs> a lot of there's a lot of bad shit that can go on in Halloween because you feel like it's like the purge almost. You feel like everything is legal. Especially I feel like like teenagers and like very like young adults, it's like you kind of feel in- invincible. And police are predisposed. Like you know they're they're busy, they're spread really thin. Mm-hmm. So like not everyone's going to get if you call 911 help on time, you mm-hmm. know? So it is everyone just fucking behave yourself. Yeah, you know what? Stay Life's safe hard out there. Enough. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Exactly. Right. All right. All right. So now we're going to hear, I don't know if we have any Halloween stories, but we're going to be hear, hearing about the worst things that you people have ever done. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Worsty firsties, the worst of you. I'm so excited to be cursed by you <laughs> on this spooky Halloween. Spooky. Oh, Jesus. Yes. So oh, as a reminder for you worsty firsties who have yet to call in your tales. Yeah. We know you've done something. I'm in the middle of talking. <laughs> for those of you who have yet to call in, the phone number is 323-539-3516. To repeat the instructions, it will cut off at around two minutes, 45 seconds. Don't have to tell your name. Uh, call us. We need these. These are giving us life. And honestly... We've never had something been responded to in such a visceral way yeah. by like our community. So keep them coming. Keep them coming. Yes. Okay. And, and as I was saying, everybody has a bad story. We're all naughty inside. We are. And, and some people have had more than others. We're all super naughty. Let's be honest. Okay. Here's our first one. Hi, my name is Amanda. And I just want to start this off by saying I love you guys. And the first degree is my favorite podcast. And, um, Especially as a journalism major in college currently, I really look up to Billy and Alexis, although you're awesome too, Jack. Anyway, um, well, I'm in my early 20s, so I've already done a lot of fucked up shit in life. So I can't really say this is my worst, but, you know, it's at least in the top five. So as a child, basically, I had a lot of pent up anger, you know, um, I had undiagnosed ADHD, and on top of that, my mom enrolled me in a shit ton of extracurriculars. So I was, you know, during the week, I was doing figure skating, piano, ballet, and then on the weekend, I had to do Chinese school on Saturday and Hebrew school on Sunday. So I felt very overwhelmed, but, you know, I I was a shy and subdued child, so I internalized a lot of um, that pressure, but I had these moments where it would just explode and I'd go off. And one of these moments was when I was around eight, basically. And it was a Saturday. I was at Chinese school and I always kind of resented my mom for forcing me to go to Chinese school on the weekend because, you know, 
I wanted to be like my friends and be able to just chill and watch SpongeBob on Saturday, but instead I had to be at some grubby church with a bunch of people I didn't really like. And, you know, that was the last place I wanted to be. It was my least favorite place on earth, I'd say. So basically, um, I had a friend group in Chinese school and I, it was my sister and I was kind of the, she was in, sorry, I can't speak right now. Um, my sister was in the friend group and I, it was around five of us, and, but I was kind of the ringleader. So one day at recess, I saw that my mom's car was parked in the corner. So I somehow convinced a bunch of these kids to come with me, and we basically picked up these orange traffic cones and just, like, started hitting my mom's car with them. And I don't just mean lightly tap. Like, we yeeted the shit out of her car. <laughs> and then, so... You know, that was a moment when all my resentment and anger and pressure just came to the surface. But then my mom picked us up afterwards, and she was like, oh, my gosh, someone hit my car. And I played along, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I guess someone was pulling out, and they must have dented it. <laughs> so I thought I was in the clear, but my sister's over here struggling, and I'm like, oh, fuck, is she about a narc? All right, so anyway, where was I? So the, my Chinese school friends and I yeeted the shit out of my mom's car with a traffic cone. She picks us up, and I act like I have no idea how it happened. I think I'm in the clear. We're driving home, but my I see my I look over at my sister, and I just see her, like, trembling with guilt. I'm like, fuck, really about it. Blow our cover. So we're halfway home, and then suddenly my sister bursts into tears. She tells my mom everything. My mom's furious. And this just so happened to be the weekend my grandparents were also visiting. So I'll just never forget the look of utter shock, bewilderment, and disappointment in my grandparents' eyes when they heard what I had done. And, you know... Like I said, I've done a lot of shitty things in life, especially in my adolescence and as a child. But this event just really fucked with me because I really straight up rebelled and destroyed my mom's property. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? But then again, um, maybe this can serve as a learning lesson for parents to not put too much pressure on their kids or else, you know, don't be surprised if they rebel and destroy your shit. That being said, of course, I still feel bad about it. But at the same time, you know, I I can understand why I did it. Anyways, thank you for listening. I just want to say before we actually delve into what's happened here, that how much I like her based on what I've just heard. No, she's a great storyteller, which again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Like I, I feel like if I was the one calling up my favorite podcast and trying to tell like a really close to my heart story from my past, I would not be as eloquent as so many of our callers are. Like, it's pretty crazy and impressive. And she's also a journalism student in, you know, 2021, which is kind of, you can tell that there's some damage there. So, <laughs> but you're fighting the good fight. So I do like her too. Honestly, I challenge one of you to call in with a worstie and try to disguise your voice to fuck, to, to like, <laughs> see if I can be like, mm, this is Billy or this is Jack. Please, actually, both of you do it and oh, see yeah? if one of you can get past me. Oh, yeah, totally, Alexis. <laughs> try it. Sure. I'll, I'll do it. Anyways, so what I want to say, and I don't even know your name because you were smart and didn't share it. 
Um, I think there is something to the idea of like pressure on children. That being said, a lot of kids can handle it. And a lot of kids go on to do great things like, you know, go to Harvard and become doctors and do these obscenely like difficult life trajectories because of the pressure. And I don't know that it's always good. I think children should choose it. I think they should choose the extracurriculars and choose to take on too much as I do as you know, like, well, that's how I was raised. Like I was always doing all these different extracurriculars, but I wanted to do them all. And when I was kind of over something, my parents just kind of let me stop doing it and I would be on to the next. Mm -hmm. But I also had like a very active brain. So I wanted to be doing something. Sure. But let's also not forget she was eight years old. Did I Mm -hmm. hear that correctly? Eight. Like eight year olds need to be spending their Saturdays hanging out with their friends and watching watching SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Like they should not be Mm -hmm. in school again when they're probably waking up at 530 in the morning to go to school, which kids should not be waking up that early to start learning anyways. Problematic. That like, yeah, kids need to be kids. Like there's no rush to make kids into these adults when they're, you know, they just want to have fun and experience life and make mistakes. Yes. And listen, you're, um, at eight, especially even between eight, I'm going to, I'm going to say between eight and 13, the way you lashed out, like you're not really in control of, you don't have the, the ability to understand like long-term comp, long-term consequences. You don't have the ability to be like, what's right or wrong. Yeah. Like your conscience isn't fully developed. Like you did a very, like you had a very primal, authentic reaction to, to pressure not suited for you. And you, you reached, a, you reached a threshold that you didn't know how to communicate because you were fucking eight. Yeah. So like nothing you do, and it's why like children this young, even when they commit even worse acts, aren't really held accountable in the same right. way. Because it's like we don't we we lash out in very juvenile ways, and this was, and you know that, right? But n- in no way, shape, or form should you feel guilty about it. Yeah. And kids lash out for no reason at all. You know what I mean? Like you sometimes can just to be dicks. You can pinpoint exactly what triggered your response to that situation and it was honestly pretty fucking valid like even an adult being put in that situation it's no, all good no i would i would lash out if anybody made me do anything oh, like you're messing yes, with Billy, my saturday how dare you yeah right i just want to watch spongebob everybody does right 100 percent. we love you you're perfect on to the next and also it's super cool if you know hebrew and chinese by the way oh, amazing and it all you know whatever on to the next. The worst thing I've ever done. I was in high school and I had a very good friend at the time. We're still best friends. We have matching tattoos, literally. Anyways, there was this guy we were friends with and she was like obsessed with him, like in love with him. Um, and she didn't have a date to prom, so she asked him to be her prom date and he agreed because you know they were good friends and he didn't want her to go to prom by herself um and you know I was like I was trying to be a wing woman I um was trying to talk to him about it and you know like feel him out and he was like no absolutely not not feeling it any anyways um there was this one time we all three of us were hanging out and my friend, the girl, she had to leave. Um, she didn't feel good. So the guy and I walked her to her car so she wouldn't walk alone. And then on the way back, um, we started 
kissing. And so that started like a two or three month period where we were like hooking up behind her back. Um, and everyone in our friend group knew except her. Um, and it even got to the point where it was prom night and she got blackout on, on strawberries. That's how, you know, that's how old I am. Strawberries for prom. Um, and so in, in one room, she's laying on the bed, puking up her gut. And in the other room, I'm hooking up with the guy that, you know, she took to prom and then periodically going to check on her. So that's the worst thing I ever, I've ever done. It was pretty shitty as a friend. Um, and then one of our other friends actually, like, went behind my back and told her about it a couple of months later to try to, like, make her mad at me or whatever. Because, I don't know, she was a petty person. Um, but... Like I said, she knows. She knows now. Um, we've never talked about it. We're still best friends. Like I said, you know, seven years later, um, we have matching tattoos together and everything. So it was the worst thing I've ever done, for sure. But, I mean, at least I still have a, a best friend out of it. Bye. Okay, so I have some thoughts. There are some possibilities. She might not give a fuck. Yeah. You know, like, I always am like, oh, betrayal, this, that. Like, maybe it's like she might be like she she obviously knows and she doesn't care. Yeah. She doesn't care to bring it up to you because it's like prom. Also, it's yeah, if it's not like a a man that she really cared about and was an actual ex-boyfriend or whatever, then it's like there are a lot of douches that I've dated that I'd be like, good riddance, have fun. Have a blast <laughs> have with fun. that one. Right. Um. So... Yeah, like your friend might just be like, I love you. Uh, the the strategy wasn't great. But that being said, we were fucking prom, 18 years old. I mean, if anyone tried to hold me accountable for something at 18, it would be, you know, there's, and, no, and there's she was, no reason for it. She was also taking care of her while she was hooking up with the guy. So at least there's that. Checking, checking on her. Multitasking at its finest. Well, right. And I just, I just think know. like... Men, I think what women need to accept more readily is that, like, men aren't that important unless it's, like, your man. Yeah. Like, the one you're marrying, the one the one you're obsessed with, whatever. Uh, because it just sounds like he wasn't that important to either of you. And shouldn't then, you should just dumb him down to what he is. Exactly. Disposable, which is how men treat women all the time. Yeah, exactly. I totally, I totally agree with that. And, like, trying to like add all this importance onto something no. that shouldn't be there just because, I mean, and obviously she feels horrible for it. You could tell as she was telling the story, you do she feel was bad like, and you should it's absolve like yourself. pain, pain, pain while she was like telling the story because you feel like it's betrayal. But yeah. like at the end of the day, it doesn't sound like she cares very much. Yeah. I don't think she cares. You know what? You know what I would say? And it, relinquish it, yourself of this guilt. Yeah. Yes. Go, go tell her. You are forgiven. You don't, she knows. She doesn't need to be told. She knows and has never brought it up. And they got matching tattoos after, which is double verifying. But what's weird is that that your friend doesn't care. What's weird is that the tattoos are of the guy's face. (laughs) On their face. Good one, Billy. (laughs) 
Uh, no, <laughs> you you already know you're a good friend. You already the fact that you even feel bad about this when your friend doesn't even care makes you even even better friend. That's right. And you know what? Best friendships are even stronger sometimes than romantic relationships. Like Jack, for example. Jack and I are never going to break up. No. Ever. No. She could cheat on me <laughs> with other friends and we'll be fine. Like sometimes, you know, friendships are even more resilient than the most strong romantic relationships. And it sounds like you guys have a really solid friendship and I think you should cherish it. Fuck that guy. And you know So what? insignificant men, to her and to you. Men ain't shit. That's right. Amen. Preach, sister. All right. Are we, do we have a... Oh, it's a, time. Oh. It is time. Let's go. Okay. So uh, this is a Costanza Halloween edition, a Costanza Stanza Halloween edition. Yes. Um, spectacular. So I'm going to start renaming. I've realized like I need a better way to name these episodes. And this one is called The One With No Halloween. Oh, okay. Because Seinfeld, who knew, didn't have a Halloween episode. Crazy. Did you notice? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I checked... The closest thing was like the scary clown musical they all went to. Uh Yeah. Uh, But anyways, so the one with no Halloween. Seinfeld. There's no Halloween episode. Let's pretend there was. Let's go down that road. Costumes for George. What would they be? A potato, a pumpkin, a big bumblebee. Would would George trick or treat? Think of the candy he'd eat. Would he be scared by ghosts or run? And retreat. Ooh. Honestly. Mm. I think that should inspire them to come back for a reunion only for. I think so. For a Halloween Halloween episode. episode. Absolutely. I Mm. mean, we've been missing out the whole time. I think so, too. Love it. He should be a little teapot, I think, George. He should be a little teapot. Yes. All right. Happy Halloween. Do the voice again. Do the voice again. Spooky Halloween. (laughs) 